The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. In my business, there is only one place, and that's to be a winner. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man, that's it. Well, I felt like SpongeBob for a minute, right? They said, hey, Dad, let's make a TikTok. You know, there's times where you make plays that are special, and there's some times where you're like, that's pretty fucking good. Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Package podcast, go Pack Go. Right, man, I'm so excited. Let's roll. Let's roll. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I mean, I don't even know, you know, what to say. Um, it's, it's just tough loss, man. It's a tough loss for us. I um, mean, yeah, I really don't know what to say. Uh, this one definitely stings and is going to for a long time, uh, especially the way it played out and the chances that we had and the opportunities to seize that game at various points. This, yeah, definitely hurts, but I don't believe in games haunting uh, me. So this won't haunt me. It's just going to hurt for a while. Kind of at a loss for words right now. That it's just hard to have a lot to say about something that you were not prepared for. It hurts right now. I hurt for for everybody involved. To be able to battle back, being down 28-10 and have multiple opportunities to go win a, win a football game, nah, I think that's rare. I think that speaks to the character of that locker room. This one does sting. It's going to take a long time to get over this one. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer Sismarowitz, joined as always with Kyle Tchaikovsky. Kyle? Not great. Yeah, yeah. I'm Not great, Spence. Yeah, Kyle, well, why don't it's we been, just... It's been nine days and the <laughs> wound is showing no signs of healing. Well, let's let's start with this, Kyle. The last time our you know numerous millions of fans heard from us... You left us with a little cliffhanger. Would you get tickets for the game, Kyle? Were you able to attend the game? Yeah. How did that go, Kyle? Not great, Spence. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think... Not great. It was like... It was like... It felt like after that Scotty Miller play, playing the second half was was just, was just a charade. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't even necessary. <laughs> It just felt like... <sighs> Kyle, did you boo? Were you one of no, the booers? No, Okay, I didn't. good. Good I on didn't. you. Were you with any I boers? didn't. I, yeah, I, I did hear boos. I didn't hear any boos. Or, I mean, I heard boos. I didn't hear any boos in our immediate surroundings. But, yeah, I, I wasn't... Uh, you know, I don't know. That's not really Green Bay style. I was a little confused by that. It was. It was. <laughs> Could you hear it on the broadcast? A little bit, and people talked about it too online. It was one of those where it's like, ah, oh, okay, the Lambo experience is back. Like it's not. A, <laughs> it's not a Lambo experience if there isn't some type of defensive letdown and fans booing. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we obviously it's it's been a while. It's been weird weird just seeing you because it's been you know two weeks since we've had an episode and friends. It uh, the Green Bay Packers season it's over. It it's almost like it feels like there should be two more games. It just it doesn't feel right right now. It did feel like a magical season, but of course, we it's were- like the. Uh, I mean, I sound like every loser fan that ever existed, but like the Packers are and were the better team. Yeah, like they they are. I've I've said it before. If they play that game ten times, I think the Packers are winning seven. So, yeah, yeah. And the one back in October or whatever is the one, and then that fucking anomaly of an NFC Championship game is two, and then yeah, I think Packers can rattle off seven of the next eight. Yeah, it's. It's sad. It's it just it still feels incomplete. I not to be a nerd again, but it I've had several you know an- analogies like this this year. Did you ever watch um, uh, Endgame, the Avengers Endgame movie? I did not. It's like if you got and spoiler alert. It's like if you got. Wait. Tw- uh-huh, it, go it, this isn't too bad. Well, it's. I, like, I think we've talked about this before. I want. I want to get into the. The DC Marvel stuff, but I just well, well I Kyle. If you got Disney, I Plus, guess I have a fucking off season now. Yeah, you've got more than enough time now. It's it's like <sighs> if Endgame ended with uh with Captain America looking at Thanos and Thanos was like saying it's over, and then it actually was over, and then it actually was, and over. then yeah, it actually if the cool shit didn't happen after that with uh you know oh but, my god, dude, everything is pain. Like I don't even. Uh, well, hey guys, I know everyone listening. This wasn't the most fun to listen to, but hey, like we're gonna- I thought for sure. <laughs> by now, like if we were to record it last Tuesday, I I would be sobbing throughout it. I guess, I and I figured, that, yeah, I figured, okay, yeah, you know what? I'll get nine days to breathe, and hopefully the you know some scar tissue will build up, and and the wound will be a little healed. But it's just not. It's just not. This team was so good. Like there was no excuses for this team. We'll that, find some. Okay, whatever. Just sorry. Go. No, it, proceed no, with the intro. No, it's it's okay. You should be talking about those things. But <sighs> yeah, we'll try to keep a little bit more upbeat after this. After we have the pick six, we'll have our normal pick six. Break down the game a little bit. We're not going to do it as much as we normally do. After that, we'll talk about the defensive coordinator search. Hey, Kyle, that's a kind of a positive, right? Uh, Mike Pettin is no longer with the team. Okay, Kyle. It's, getting... it's so hard to feel joy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, that's something else, else I should mention. Every time I've texted Kyle since the game, every other time I just get pain. I just get the pain. text pain. That's all it, it's, it's all I can muster. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on, we'll have we'll talk about the offseason moves, how what the team looks like going forward. We'll break down some of the Rogers stupid drama, which is good. Why we waited a whole week. I guess I didn't say that on here. We did push back True. a week because we didn't want to... It would, be, would have been a completely different episode last week with the Rogers drama going on. After that, we'll have our last Is Kyle an Idiot for the year, and then we'll have our season outro. But first, pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Yeah! All right, our final pick six for the season. We'll, we'll change it up a little bit. We don't want to get too in-depth with, you know, reviewing how the players did, so we're going to... We'll have traumatizing. Our, yeah, we'll have our pick six. We'll have this be a little larger than normal, and then we'll just kind of breeze over the players. But okay, first thing we gotta we gotta talk about for the start of this game, and I <sighs> guess the defense in general was not the inability to stop Tom Brady on third down. The first couple of series, it was an absolute joke. It, it was like their joke. run game was doing absolutely nothing. Fournette was getting 
bottled up at the line of scrimmage. There was so many second and eights, so many second and nines. Yep. Turned into third and sevens and third and six. Yep. Very manageable third downs, and just they could not get off the field. There Maddening. Was, there were several plays. We'll obviously break down some of them. Some that we don't have written down is like the Godwin screen on third and nine. Oh, my God. You know, there's plays that, yeah, this is bad. Yeah, I wish. I, this, these are kind of the times I wish oh. we had YouTube just so people could see the reactions because it's like, oh, I guess we're digging up these terrible memories. But, yeah, the Godwin screen. People are, we'll get into the firing of Mike Pettin or, you know, just letting his contract run out. Everyone's pointing to the Kevin King at half, but there were so many things in this game that you could look at and be like, I mean, let's improve a little bit here. The third down was just absolutely unbelievably terrible, which leads us to our first pick six. It was seven, nothing at this point after the, uh, I almost said the Patriots, after the Bucks marched down and scored. Which, yeah, I mean, we we argued about which should be the first pick six play and the mvs yeah it was excuse me a big touchdown i just think that the mistime jump from kevin king on the mike evans touchdown is just like that's well we can talk holy about that smokes the, yeah the first so the first touchdown of the game yes it was the mike evans touchdown the corner kevin king in coverage the terrible mistime i mean jump. He, he like jumped while the ball was still in brady's hands it felt like and he was still like close to getting like he still almost got the ball oh my goodness it's, i think we'll talk about kevin king when we get to the second half but or the first half and the first half play, but moving on, yeah, seven nothing. It was a third down play. Aaron Rodgers deep to MVS. At this point, this is the first time I jumped up and gave my own little Rodgers like fist. Yeah, I love doing that. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. It's so it, good. You, you f- once again feel one with the team. And, yeah. and it, I was. Uh, I didn't mention this last week, but I watched the last two uh, games actually. Um, like zooming with my father, who I haven't been able to watch any games with this nice. year. Unfortunately, he was watching on a DVR, and I was watching live in the air, so there was like a 10-second difference. So er- anytime something like that happened, I just jumped up and moved out. Just Yes, <laughs> and that happened a lot in this game with all the turnovers and whatever. But yeah, excellent play, and we'll have to talk about it here. MBS, it's incredible. We talked about it all regular season. Oh, my God. What's going to happen in the playoffs with MBS in a big moment? And this dude was probably best the play best on the player field. on offense throughout the playoffs, at least for us. I mean, I can't remember any mistake he made. It's amazing how he was able to... He tur- Once again, he turned into kind of Alan Lazard where he didn't have the drops and he had the big plays. Just We talked about it a lot, too, where is he going to be back? Because he's in a contract year as well. I is think he? I believe so. I think he has one more. Year. Okay, maybe I have to double-check that. But it's... We were talking about like Funchess versus MBS at one point. Now it's like, okay, we got a Funchess. Yeah. Who gives very, it? very thankful that Marquez is a Green Bay Packer. He battled all year and has heard the worst of the worst from the fans. And yep. yeah, to go out in the biggest game of his life and have, you know, one of the best games of his life was just really cool to see. And, you know, he, he deserves it. And I'm, I'm really happy he's a Green Bay Packer. And I hope he is for the foreseeable future because he showed a lot in that game. He did it all. He, he stretched the field. He picked up first downs. He was over the middle. It was, it was awesome. He's, and that's about the only thing that made me happy. Well, there were, there were some cool plays too. The Aaron Rodgers, third and 15 from his own end zone, flinging it to Lazard. That was fucking cool. Yeah. That was a pretty cool play. Uh, the picks were Man, cool. that was yeah. big too. That actually felt, I remember that because it felt like, it felt like if they didn't get that, oh no! Yes. and they got it, and it, it was <laughs> no. like it was such a release, it was such a weight off the shoulders where it's like, okay, 
we can have a competitive ball game now. Yes, yes, agreed. And it, I mean, it was a very competitive ball game for most of the game. But yeah, and once again, to put a cap on MBS for for this game, you look at last year in the NFC Championship game, he had one snap. In this game, mm-hmm. he was best player, the best player on offense, pretty much. Uh, so moving on to the next play for the pick six, I I'll just start narrating through all of this. Yeah, go ahead. Next drive, third and nine. One of the third and nines we've kind of talked about how we just could not get off the field. This was. I mean, this old fuck is throwing absolute meatballs out there. Tom Brady drops back. I believe Rashawn Gary oh got pressure. God. He just, Tom Brady lobs it up. And what do you know? Godwin with the Julian Edelman esque catch at a Super Bowl where it's like, how does he come down with it? How does the ball seem to just roll up his arm and oh, stay and off the ground. Why can't Savage just like get a, a pinky in there just, yeah. to, just to dislodge it a little bit? So once again, just one of those terrible ill-timed plays that this defense seems to just have happen at the worst moments. <sighs> Eventually after that, the the Bucks score on a four-net run where he spun around uh, Adrian Amos, which made the game 14-7. to Next pick six play... Fast forward to the end of the second half. The score is now 14-10 to 10 after one of the Packers' drives resulted in a field goal. Red zone troubles, mm. of course, for the offense. But the end of the second half, and once again, everyone's talked about the Kevin King play, but it's a whole series of plays right at the end. First one is on third down when Redmond misses the pick. Terrible, terrible play. Once it was ag- like he was like, it was, it was so bizarre. Like, it was like he was scared. Like, I'm not... Ah, uh, that's a very strong accusation, but it, it really just looked like timid. Like he was just like, eh, uh. it, it feels like we always have, and every team does, where you have one hole on defense. I mean, last year, the last play of the season for us pretty much was Redmond on uh, Kittle, where he got the yep. the pass interference, I believe, ended that game. And once again here, they were just picking on him at the end. Everyone said it. D- were was Savage and Amos banged up? Did they show that on the bar- broadcast or something? Because like, what what was the deal with Redmond getting all those snaps? Anyways, the thing that I questioned too. Well, one, it's it's I don't understand why like he was ev- getting ev- so many snaps. Everyone said this. I don't know why we signed Tremont Williams, especially when Redmond was just getting torched in the first half. You know, later on too, he was still the one of the first touched or last week one of the touchdowns was Redmond's fault in this again. It's like. I don't understand why the Packers are so content with having, you know, borderline rosterable players. Like special teamers. Yeah, I understand that he, he knows the defense, but he's just not the type of player who he, I would Should pick. be getting meaningful snaps in a game to go to the Super Bowl. And he's continually picked on. When it's, you have, especially when you have the two safeties in front of him have been playing the best ball in the league over the past two months. It's yeah. just there's so many... That that's one big question mark I forgot about over the past nine days. It's just like, what is up with all those Redmond snaps? I just it 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 it, it sucks. Yeah, because once you go in a dime, you know you get the extra defensive back on the field. It it's it's you know the inability of Josh Jackson to be any type of competent player. I I mean I would have rather had Kadar Holman out there too. I mean seriously, it's just like throw someone out there. Tremont Williams, you obviously mentioned, but I I don't understand the will the will Redmond love that Mike Pettin had. Uh, after that, it was fourth down. the The Bucks picked it up. A little pass out to Fournette. Both of our inside linebackers could not cover it. And then, of course, that brought up the next play: the Kevin King on Scott Miller, deep bomb. And that 
is your dagger. Well, that's the thing. And I saw a lot of people gave up on the game after that. I saw like Ty, Ty Schnitt and shit was tweeting like, oh, well, that's the game. And it's like, okay, th- sure. But this is this was a different team. And they did prove it in the True. second half. But going back to that play, I mean, Kevin King, it, it sucks. And this was kind of something of our own doing, not to overplay this aspect of it. But what's what's been the biggest thing about Kevin King? Kevin King's career, Kyle. What's been the biggest complaint? That he plays 14 yards off the ball. No, that's not it. It's that he's always hurt. Mm, And this is a guy who even a month ago, we were saying, you know, against the Titans, when he picked up the ball and was running it back, this guy looks hurt. In this game, a lot of people didn't think he was going to play. Remember, he was questioning going into it. Played through it. He played hurt. And that was the end of it. So it's one of those things. It's like, fuck, all this guy pretty much has seen every offseason from fans is like, wow, man up, play through injuries, or why why are you always hurt? And he does it, and it was one of the problems for this defense. Obviously, you don't want to make too many excuses. We don't know if he is going to have surgery or something this offseason, but my God, it was a terrible nightmare put all together. This is, this, and that's what sucks about that play, is like, it is definitely not just Kevin King's fault. Definitely not just his fault. There's so many people to blame for what happened there. Single high safety. The single high safety, the three yards off the ball, when you've been so passive the entire year, especially with Kevin King. Yeah. And then Matt LaFleur going into half with a timeout in his pocket that could have been used there. You see what Amos said? Yeah. He's like, I wish we would have just called a timeout. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's so many, that's what sucks is like, there's just so many things that went wrong with that play and there's so many fingers to point at different people it what sucks too and obviously i don't know what the exact roles that the safeties do when they get into this dime package and different formations and shit but it's like savage was the guy who was kind of the spy he was closer to the line and the guy who he had roaming deep was redmond it's like why in the hell in in that position where you need a safety to actually play safety and be the safety valve where we have redmond out there instead of savage who can actually probably has more range and can it's faster know, faster could won't hang with the tight end for and some it's reason like six seconds they have zero timeouts just literally have eight guys line up on the goal line and yeah, yeah. okay if they want to get you know nine yards in five seconds to make the field goal a little easier okay sure that would suck to have them yep. to let them sneak three in before the half yeah that would suck but uh you know letting them get in this bullshit meatball hail mary was one million times worse and it's just like the the miscommunication the lack of like preparedness for that situation is just like quite frankly embarrassing it's it's what mike Pettin's defense has been when going up against veteran quarterbacks or an offense that knows what they're it's doing like he gets like intimidated well it's it's chest versus checkers it's literally Pettin's like oh okay we're gonna stop the sideline stuff and you know so they can't get a field goal and tom brady and the bucks were like hey, Single high, like even going into it, the NFL Films thing, they're like, oh, they're showing single high. Like going into that drive, they knew they were going to bomb it, and sure enough, it fucking worked. So it's, I don't know. And that- yeah, to circle back, like, I, 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 I didn't, like, in the moment, I didn't, you know, really think the game was over, but like, it was like, oh, oh shit. Like, it was the biggest gut punch ever. And of course, I, I held on hope throughout the game, but then, you know, it's easy to say now in retrospect. Like, yeah, when that happened, it I, was over. Well, we'll get to it, but I honestly did not think this game was over until that Kevin King P.I. at the end. I, I thought we were winning that motherfucker. See, yeah, that's 
it was it was very uh sick it was very wavy on my emotions that after that scotty miller because it was like then the well then we'll get to it the very next yeah the, the next pick six play was the our first drive starting the second half yeah we're down 21 10 which is still a very manageable hole to crawl out of very very manageable and then yeah i think it was the second play of the drive it was a third and five okay so yeah third and five of the first series and a little crossover the middle aaron jones gets smacked fumbles it and then they score literally one play later 28 10 in seconds that's that's that's, when it was like oh that's when i started to doubt yeah we're going to win the game because (laughs) because even then that's what and it's it's wild like that mistake is so much easier to recover from if the scotty miller play never happens because like 21 10 with getting the ball back and 14 and a half minutes left in the third quarter down 11 like that's i mean that's a whole entire ball game basically yeah but 28 10 just felt like God damn. But we still we still bounce back. And it, it was one of those plays too watching it. It's like you it's an out of body experience mm. almost where you're like no. frozen. You're like that no, that didn't happen. Or you for like two seconds you're like, mm, no, that was an incomplete pass. It did he did not you're have You're just rationalizing any way you can. Even though you know it's a fumble. You're like, then, where's Adam Sandler? Let's get click in here and just <laughs> yeah. run it back real quick. Yeah, and it, it's just one of those moments, but moving on. Next pick six play. Well, we'll just mention this. After that is when Brady, for some reason, you know, the goat, uh, just airmails three absolute picks, meatballs. Pretty much one after another. And I kept I you obviously weren't looking, but from the account I tweeted the Kevin Green, it is time, multiple times in a <laughs> row because it kept working. happening. At three or four times, it was either a, a like a stop very quickly or it. We were forcing turnovers. I'm like, I got to keep doing this. The mojo is working. But it was the Amos pick, the Jair pick, and the Jair pick. And a lot of people are still going back to this saying, oh, how can you blame Mike Pettin? You know, he, you know ninth, we were like the ninth best defense as far as points go this year. He's like, oh, my God. Well, we forced three turnovers. Did we really force three turnovers? <laughs> yeah, like it, Brady gifted them to us. I mean, Jair, Jair's picks, it's like he was on the outskirts of the play almost, or at least the one that was deep. It's like he was even close to where the play was. It's it in in those moments it was, you know, the Godwin earlier in the game where he came down with the ball that he shouldn't have, it was like, oh my God, the football gods are against yeah. us. And then when Tom Brady's just airmailing this, I'm like, ah, the the football gods are back. Maybe we do have a chance in this game. But after that, uh Packers do go on to score eventually. And this is kind of a pick six play. The EQ drop. It's I think overlooked, but man, I think that changes a very big outlook. It, you know, the points not so much, but it's one of those things too. Where it's like we were legitimately zero and seven from that down a distance when we had to make that final decision. When Matt Lafleur had to make that final decision, if we if we had something more going in the red zone, which we had nothing going, I feel like it cha- it does change the whole vibe and the momentum that the team has on offense going into the final quarter. But I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was a good um, good summation of the entire game where it was just like, oh, we score, got it, we, we get a chance to make it close, cut it to three, and then, oh, yes. gut punch. Yes, 100%. Drop, that- right, right in the fucking basket, you know, can't place it any better, drop. And, and it's just like, it just sucked our soul out. It does. It, bring, it brings you back to like little things where it, it's reminders of how even the end of the roster is important. Not to harp too much on it, but... 
I've mentioned before how Ryan Taylor was cut back in 2014, and if he had not been cut and was on and playing special teams, that championship game probably mm. would have went different. Once again, here and it, it's dumb, but it's and I don't think it would have been the right decision. But if someone like Jake Kumaro is in on that play, we're pro- he's probably catching it. But it's one of those things yeah, where that's it's not it's you, not fair. You go with the athletic ceiling and EQ over you know. Touchdown, Jesus! Who went to plus? A yeah, as water. much as as much as you know, fr- as frustrating as EQ was, you know, in the beginning of the year and maybe even in the middle of the year, he really was coming on over the past you know month, six weeks. So yeah, well, it's tough. We'll have to see what his future is like going forward too. Uh, the next pick six play, and this is pretty much the last two plays of the year, I would say. The third and goal, two minutes left, incomplete. Uh, Devontae Adams. On third down from, I think it was the eight-yard line. It was the eight-yard line. And this has obviously been the big talking point this week. Kyle, what, how do you feel about the floor, Aaron Rodgers, and how this last series went, mostly this third down and the decision to kick the field goal on fourth? I just wish that they would have communicated the kind of the, the plan for that scenario. Because yeah. as they said afterwards, that... It was, it was, Rodgers was unsure. You know, yeah. he was kind of under the assumption that they were going for it. And Matt LaFleur was kind of like, well, if we pick up a few, we probably would have went for it. Like, I just think if that would have kind of been hashed out, Rodgers maybe, yeah, tucks that. And yeah, maybe he doesn't score. I, I, I think a couple bucks had good angles and their D-line. And I mean, their whole defense is really fast, so they can, you know, close a win- window really quick. So, I mean, I'm not super confident he would have scored. He would have picked up 4-5. And if he picks that up, then yeah, I think the decision to go for it is a lot easier. But I don't, I, I see LaFleur's side of it too. And I'm not, you know, I'm not like, thinking it's the dumbest decision ever. I, I definitely see where he's coming from to kick the field goal. People too. have literally said it's like the worst football decision Which ever. is very, yeah, that's very dumb. Idiotic. Because, I mean, they're cutting it to five. And, yeah, you have to get a, I mean, you have to get a stop regardless at yeah. some point. But one thing that is, you know, really painful to me, and it's, it's I can try to dance my way around it, it's basically an irrefutable fact at this point that, like I said, you you the, we needed to lean on the defense to get a stop regardless. Yep. But the thing is, is Matt Lafleur went to Mike Pettin over Aaron Rodgers sooner than he needed to. I mean, that's just well, the truth, though. That's I don't like know. you I, can't really argue against that. Like that's just the truth. But this is the thing. The thing is, is people okay? Even if okay, if we go for it there, and I I'll, I'll start off with this. I am one hundred percent behind Matt Lafleur. Same. Let, Let's start with what what you said there, the communication thing. Agreed. And the reason, it could have been better, yes, but this was the perfect nightmare for the Packers offense in that point of the game. We we were literally 0-7 from that from that part of the field yep. all game. We were terrible, terrible, terrible within the 10-yard line. Which even that in and of itself is just so puzzling. I know. It, cra- crazy. And that's the thing. So first, you got to look at it this way. One, you don't have no. a special play anymore. You've on the two point conversion. You don't have some special play where you think this is it. This is going to you know get us the points. We're going to finally score here. On top of that, it's you only have the three timeouts. You have the three timeouts, but you want to save. Lafleur. People are still talking about how he didn't didn't have trust in Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Matt Lafleur literally let Aaron Rodgers pick the third down play. The problem was is Rodgers didn't know if we were going for it on fourth, like you said. But on top of it, and people have talked about this too, and I 100% agree, 
how there's no right way to communicate that. You like is Matt gonna say true? Hey, pick a play, but if you don't pick up three yards, we're not going true. for it. You, like you don't want to put it's that hard to because because I think it's an NFL rule where the mic gets cut at I think what fifteen seconds it gets cut and clock. it's only the coach talking to the player. The player doesn't no 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 the the, the yes. player doesn't even yeah I'm, ever. I'm, I'm saying a different yes I'm saying a different th- thing yes it gets cut off like ten seconds before I think it's fifteen yeah fifteen seconds but yeah before. it is a one way street in terms of communication like only the coach can talk to the player it would be yeah in that situation maybe it is easier to hash out if it is a, a you know a two way yeah. communication but but then you can't call a timeout you can't call a timeout because then people. If if someone if they did call a timeout and whatever happens after that, if it's something negative, they'll be like, Oh my god, Matt LaFleur burned a timeout there. What was he thinking? So that's another thing that you had to deal with. On top True. of it too, it's people are saying it wasn't trusting Aaron Rodgers. I know other I mean, people that's said this. just silly. Who says that? Idiots. It's you know, the it's the talking heads, the national media. But you look at it, no one has put more trust in Aaron Rodgers than Matt LaFleur. You're looking he was basically saying, I am sick of you know, losing it in the fourth with Aaron Rodgers, you know, on the bench or going into overtime and not getting the ball. Because even if, say, we miraculously score the touchdown and the two-point conversion and it's tied, we go into overtime. Do you really think the Packers are going to win in overtime the way that game was going? <laughs> it would have been so much worse. The pain <laughs> you're feeling true. right now would be so much worse. That's there would have been some more awful play. And then, you know, Ugh. on top of it, Matt made the right decision. People are saying, oh, he went with, like you said, Mike, he went with the refs, Mike Pettin and Kevin King over Aaron Rodgers. No, no. I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying okay. he went, I'm saying he went to Mike, he leaned on Mike Pettin over Aaron Rodgers. He was going to have A little, I, uh, that's what, that's my point is he, he needed to regardless, yes. but he did it a little sooner than he, he truly needed to is I, my point. That's fair. That's fair. But I'll, this is what I'll say. If And everyone said it too. If the refs would have called the final series like they did the rest of the game, Matt LaFleur would have been an absolute fucking genius. And this is, True. The, this is the thing that people seem to just look over. Matt LaFleur made the right call. I've said that a billion times now. Can you imagine if the, if no no laundries on the field and the Bucks are punting to us and Aaron Rodgers gets the ball at the 30-yard line with a minute oh 30 left. Oh, my God, left, I want to cry. I'm going to... Oh down my five God. points. I'm going to throw was, up. He was setting up Aaron Rodgers to finally be the hero oh in the playoffs. And everyone up. And everyone's trying to say the opposite thing that he didn't trust him. Oh, That's what I want to say. And I guess we pretty much went to it there. Yeah, the third and five, the last pick six play of the season. I mean, what a load of fucking horseshit. I mean, oh my God. Now, okay, sure. Grab your little screen grabs and your little screenshots of the the shirt being pulled. Yeah, whatever. It's like, like, yeah, it was a penalty, I guess. But then it's like... not in the context of that game. You can apply the logic to that same play to where I'm pretty sure Gary is getting mauled by the neck. Yes, yes. It's on that same exact play, so it's like... Okay, yes, in a vacuum, sure, it's a penalty. But when you, like you said, when you take the context of the game and what was allowed for the 59 minutes before it, to, to in that moment to where you have a chance to have Aaron Rodgers in a championship game march the field in 90 seconds with yep. no timeouts, that's when you want to lay the law down. Did you see the one angle, too? It's just so NFL to he- do shit like that. The hesitation of the ref. It's like he literally waited, and you can see, like he on that side of the field, it was on the Bucks sideline. It's like he didn't throw it, and he saw the reaction from the Bucks, and that's when he threw the flag. It's and the ball was 
17 Ugh. yards above him. And that's that's what also makes the, like the refs f- fuck him. Okay, fuck the refs. Either way, it was the wrong call anyways cuz it should have been it should have been a hold. If, you know, that was the penalty, it was a hold. It wasn't a PI. Yeah. It was too high. And this is the other thing too. If if I if I'm a coach of an NFL team, I'm talking to my receivers, my running backs, my tight ends. I'm like, "Hey, Always wear a white undershirt and have a little have a little dress, yeah, a little skirt coming little, out the back, because all it was was slack. that. You really think that little? I mean, how how much pressure could that shirt really? Yeah, because like, it's was, one of those dry fits that's super elastic and and stretchy, which is why it looks so terrible. And then the other advice you need to give your wide receivers is just fall down, just yeah. fall down. Oh God, that's what fucking pissed me off. He jumped in the air, flailing. Oh, oh, I mean, just so so bad. And it's like I've said it before. I love football so much but man do i hate the nfl because that play right there is everything that's wrong with it i mean you have the opportunity for a legendary moment a legendary moment for rogers to just orchestrate the offense right down the field with no timeouts and just be a magician but you just you just you you make the game you know just fart away by doing this bullshit pass interference and then the the bucks just run out the clock like that's just so boring it it sucks because and i think everyone had that hope or we're once again getting to that desperate mindset like i said with aaron jones fumble where the refs huddle and it's like this has got to be one of those that was the worst part because we saw it because where we were sitting we were on the side of the of the packers defense so like it was in front of us Mm. and the flag was thrown and my brother next to me as soon as he was throwing, like, nope, they're picking that up. No way. No way. So oh, then I'm like, oh. No. And then you see him you see him conferencing. So then it's like, you know, I start like creeping up in my seat, like, oh my God. Ugh. Oh, they're they're actually they're actually gonna pick up the flag. And then sure enough, they called it and it was just like I, I remember just like doing that thing where you just slide down in your chair on the That's exactly what I did. No. I just stood there for five minutes just frozen. The big the cat was over. The big cat badge. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what it was. And I, maybe that's part of it too, why this still feels like an incomplete season is because that feels like an incomplete game. Like it doesn't it doesn't end like it, this. It's 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 just is not supposed to end that way. It's yeah. uh, like in a in a weirdly fortunate way in a very depressing, fortunate way. Okay. Nothing nothing <laughs> will ever, ever top the hurt of 2014. Yep. But man, I will be damned if this is not similar. Yeah, I I think I think it's different for you because you were at the game and you just could not leave the mindset because you're literally in Green Bay. And it's like because <sighs> I, I, I was so confident in that game. Like the Packers were the better team. They are the better team. And I just like, of course, you have this like weird nervousness feeling of like, oh, they could lose. But like at the same time, I like I like didn't. I was like, OK, I know they still have to right. play this game. But like I just there's no way the Bucks are a better team. Like we have the best player and the best team of of between these two teams. Like I just I didn't foresee it happening. And oh, man, I'm crushed. Pain. Yeah. Pain. I guess, you know, we'll wrap up. We're viewing the game and, I mean, shoot, the 2020 season right now. I don't know what else to say. Kenny Clark had a really good game. MBS had a really good game. Rodgers threw a pick. Lazard was okay. I don't know. Zadarius had his Very moments. quiet. Did he, though? He had... He, oh, yeah, I guess he really did. Yeah, fuck, he didn't. Now I was thinking I was thinking of Kenny again. It's And it's, Kenny, yeah, Kenny, I'm so glad we paid him. That was a huge sack on that one play, and then he was just, yeah, 
dominating the line of scrimmage all day. Well, here, I'll actually, I listened to our first episode of the season. I'll run through these quick because this is like the last time we'll actually talk about football, football for a while. Mm-hmm. These were some of our takes we had. Oh, here first we go. Episode. They're, they're good and bad. They're good and bad. <laughs> one of them. Tyler Irvin was involved. Another one. And this, this is this is a positive one. Wait, what? I don't get that first one. T- like, he was actually part of the offense. Like, week one, we were like, ooh, this is going to be fun having Tyler Irvin. Like, oh, we thought he was going to oh, be. Oh, so this is after this week is, one? This is after the Vikings game. Gotcha. Okay. okay. <laughs> here's, here's another one. And, and like I said, this is like negative, but also positive. Josiah DeGuara looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he did look like a player. He'll And he'll be ready for training camp. Here, this, this is one. I was so right on this. <laughs> Feels like we're going to be saying this a lot this year. We need to get AJ Dillon more involved, <laughs> especially this. I mean, shoot, did, we, I mean, did he have a single snap week one? Uh, yeah, he did. He actually did have a couple carries. Oh yeah, I think he had a catch too. Yep, yep, yeah, that's right. He he didn't. We didn't talk about it there. God, this game would have been so much different if Matt would have. That's the biggest thing I have against Matt for this game is we should have ran the ball more. Really abandoned the run yeah. quite a bit. But I'm to be fair for me, I'm never going to be upset with twelve. You know. Yeah, getting the ball fifty five. Like I'm, I'm always okay with that. Absolutely. Anyways, uh, next one, MBS drops. We're probably going to be talking about this a lot this year. <laughs> Very wavy for him. Yeah. Uh, here we go. We were a little perplexed that uh, Robert Tanyan had so many more snaps than Jay Sternberger. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny one. Yeah. Hel- oh, I'll have to go back and listen. Like, huh? Yeah. Jay Sternberger. Like, we were hoping for a jump out of him, but this Tunyon guy just won't go away. Yep. At uh, that time, we were saying Tunyon. <laughs> yeah, we were. We absolutely were. Uh, you know, uh, Savage, he was pretty mad. He was struggling. He turned around pretty quick. Yeah. Jair Alexander had an interception. We thought, hey, he's going to come. Oh, here comes seven more. He's going to have a bunch of picks. I think he had more picks in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. Oh, yeah. I mean, he only had one in the. I mean, he had more picks in that game yeah. than the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Um, Preston bad Zedarius he doesn't show up except for a few moments he'll have a big sack that was pretty much what he had this season too yeah. Kenny Clark getting hurt that did I think he had kind of a down year he was more healthy towards the end of the season but I think that did affect him yeah I think he mentioned one of his where he like didn't even have his legs under him yep. when he was back active and it took him a little bit but yep. yeah he came on at the end of the year and glad we got him under contract and the last ones the observations we met we made was Wow, Devontae Adams is looking really good. And <laughs> hey, this is where we start the narrative that Aaron Rodgers could win an MVP. And that's exactly what happened. So. Yeah, that was cool. The Devontae Adams turned himself into the best wide receiver in the league. And Rodgers won MVP, which actually, oh, back to the sads. <laughs> Speaking of Devontae Adams, what? how uncharacteristic was that? Yeah, that, to drop that, that, that drop. Because it, I mean, that's, yeah, that was to make it. That would have made it 14-14, right? Yeah, it was yeah, it was very early. I on. mean, it was a money ball too. Like it was it's not like it was, you know, super late or anything. Like he had like he he's made that in his sleep. He's yeah. made that catch in his God, sleep. It, it was it, just so weird. You ready for another one now? God, it, it we're just the last episodes of the season are just all over the place. Because it's sorrow the, it, it's, pouring into it's each either other. Blinding joy or just heartbreaking sorrow well this is the other thing we kind of went over to is we finally felt the hurt of david bakhtiari yeah bakhtiari, you yep know, with the torn acl because rogers God. rogers you know he wasn't 
perfect. Obviously, he had the pick, but man, especially the second half, he he spooked so much pressure and it five you know, sacks. The the picks that we got from Jair, where we didn't get any points off him, it's like he didn't have any time to throw it. Be it we only tried to we drop back all six times from those two picks. But man, Go, I mean, going no back time. to these stupid fucking zebras. I mean, even on that play that the Rogers interception, like yeah, the Murphy Bunting yeah, was all over Lazard. Yeah, fuck, it's yeah. just like it's so. Just be consistent. Mm-hmm. Like I just I can't understand throwing the flag in that scenario. I just like why would you, as as an organization, as as a as a, as the league, why would you want to rid yourself of that to like not. It, have the best the MVP of the league get a chance to drive down the field and oh yeah and you know the ref defenders are gonna log on and say who a, a play in the fourth quarter with 90 seconds left should be called the same as one in the first quarter no fuck you like we're human beings like there there's there is scenarios to where you just swallow the whistle and Especially when you consider the 59 minutes before it, you just you cannot throw the flag there. It's just and like we talked about the huddle. I mean, you've you've mentioned it too, but it's it's like you don't you don't want the refs to actually be like hey, looking into the narratives of the game. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Where it, yeah, it should have stayed in his pocket. We we hate bitching about the refs, but when it when it costs you a chance, it's it's hard not to. And yeah, now it leads to another nightmare of. You know Brady versus Mahomes. It's like, oh shit. Okay, whatever storyline. Best here. Super Bowl ever. It makes Rogers look lesser. But yep. Okay. Well, with that, we'll move on to I guess happier things, and we'll talk about uh, you know Mike Pettin being gone and looking for a new defensive coordinator. Pain. All right. Moving on to more positive things. I guess positive things, depending on which way you want to look at it. Coaching changes. So as everyone probably knows by now, the Green Bay Packers have moved on from Sean Menenga and Mike Pettin. They fired Sean Menenga, the special teams coordinator. Hallelujah. And they just I mean, it's really hard to just feel any sort of football joy, but, you know, that brought a little smirk to my face. And at least we had something. Not a I, smile, a smirk. I would have I been fine, actually, if we kept Pettin, but I'm obviously a little bit more happy. In fact, Kyle, what? I would have I been okay if we would have kept Mike Pettin. I would not have really? been... Yeah, well, here, Kyle. This is this is funny. Let's, really, we're gonna play a clip right now. This is from our last episode last year. Oh no! And like you said too, the floor was never tied down to him. I really wish we could have moved on. Be it I really? Know, wow. I I really do because that's the thing. The thing with these defensive coordinators like Dom Caper and Mike Pettin is that they kick the shit out of the bad teams. You know who don't have a veteran quarterback, but you look back at this year. Philip Rivers, who's a competent mm-hmm. quarterback, veteran guy who knows what he's doing, Wentz. was able to rip us apart. Wentz knew knew what he was doing. And Dude. especially with this game, too, you don't want to go a full season where you look solid, and then at the end of the year, it's just snatched from you. Yeah. And that's that's what really, really hurts are those types of, types of losses. And that's what I'd want to avoid. I'd rather just make the move now than wait longer. So, Kyle, I guess good timing on that. I didn't tell you that I had that clip ready to go. But, yeah, I, I'm i glad we're moving on. It kind of would have made sense because we did make improvements. But, yeah, and it's, Penn is kind of a dinosaur. It's just, yeah, the the writing was on the wall for, you know, how they were going to exit the playoffs. Like, we kind of foresaw this. Yeah. It, and it, But what, what, what sucks is, like, it wasn't even like this. It really... 
it really wasn't like this defensive collapse per se. Not like at all. they weren't like, you know, terrible. It, it, I mean, they were they were bad on first on third down for for a lot of the game, which is bad, and just some meatballs from Brady that were just lucky, the Kevin King mistime jump, but it all comes down to the Scotty Miller touchdown. You take that away, they score 24 points. That's, yeah. you know, that's a that's a yep. very respectable, doable and you just cannot have a mishap like that in the biggest game. You just you, you cannot. Yeah, and it it sounds like it might have been a bit of a miscommunication too. Uh, Lafleur actually talked about this yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but he there was a report that Lafleur actually said to be in man in that in that position, and apparently it was a miscommunication between the two. Lafleur wouldn't pile on Petten, but he did say that everything goes through him. Maybe maybe Lafleur did say be in man, but he probably didn't expect it to be a single high safety. I mean, single high safety like. Think like think of that. Yeah. Yeah. What? Huh? It's unbelievable. And you you were saying <laughs> you were saying there too. I mean, there's a lot of things you couldn't blame for this game. Uh, numerous plays, but on top of it, if Tom Brady doesn't throw those those three picks, this and sure, yeah, Petten was calling the defense, but it would have been a route. Like he, the Bucks would have marched right down and chat all over us. Like True. those two two of those picks were just terrible, terrible, terrible. But that and that's what's frustrating. It's like Tom Brady. Uh, I'm not going to say okay. something stupid. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Well, okay, move, moving on. We'll first look at special teams. Uh, Sean Menenga, what's your nickname? What was your nickname for him? The Mucinex Bug. The Mucinex Bug germ, whatever the hell it is. He does look Good like riddance, him. man. He is gone, and we went with Maurice Drayton as the new special teams Which, coordinator. you know, the, the, the popular take on Packers Twitter is like, oh, he sat behind this special teams. Which, yeah. yeah, that is. I mean, yes, I agree. It is a little worrisome, but... I like to view it as, uh, is there like some like popular, what's like the cliche about uh, the sins of my father or whatever? Something like that. <laughs> okay. Or just like, I don't know, just don't repeat the sins yes. of your, yes. of your uh, successors. Okay. Just, I, I just feel like if he can just like <laughs> look at this and just be like, yeah, a lot of this didn't work and just like make it his own. I'm not going to, like I'm, I'm excited about the hire just because it's something new and it's just it was something new was needed, but yeah. it is it is worrisome that it you know he was so, on this staff for the past whatever two years. Yeah, uh, and I'll say this: so he was a holdover from the Mike McCarthy era too. He was hired by Mike McCarthy, um, stuck around. He did interview for the special teams coordinator job you know two years ago when Lafleur first got hired. Didn't get it. Obviously went to Menenga. And it's weird looking back now, too. So I guess I'll go back. Drayton has experience as a special teams coach. He was a special teams assistant, at least, with the Colts for a few years with Pat McAfee, who was pretty good. Uh, Adam Vinatieri. And oh, sure. they had some pretty solid special teams. He coached in, like, uh, Europe, too, didn't he? Yeah, he's got. he's been all over. I think he's coached at just about every single level. So that's nice. kind of cool, too. Yeah. And you said you don't, you know, the sins of your fathers, whatever. And that's kind of what we ran into with uh, Sean Slocum and Ron Zook, too. Be it those were two like old heads, where Zook, oh, who, Zook. Who, who was a head coach for, you know, Illinois, he got hired on to the Green Bay Packers to be a special teams assistant, which was weird. So then after Sean Slocum was fired, Zook just took over and was like, oh, old replaced with old. Mm-hmm. I think Drayton is a little different. Be it anything should be different and better. Sean Menango was terrible. And another thing to look at, I mean, he was he was a special teams assistant for the Browns. Then he was a special teams coordinator for Vanderbilt. That was the first time he was ever a special teams coordinator was for fucking Vanderbilt. And then he gets the job here and obviously was terrible, terrible. Be it the, the penalties went down, which was a huge 
huge problem before he was here. Obviously, Josh Jones, I don't think he was ever on the field for a special teams play where he didn't get flagged for something. We got rid of that, at least, but everything else just went to shit. So I'm looking forward to it, too. He seems to be more of an active guy. I mean, he's a younger guy, too, and I think that's what LaFleur is going to. And I guess that segues right into the defensive coordinator talk. Well, I just... We we didn't even mention special teams in this. And yeah, the one kick return. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't one. That's the thing. Look at this. Oh. Jaden Mickens, five returns for a 121 yards for an average of 24.2 yards a return. Now, when you factor that in, where he's kick it, where he's catching each return at his own five yard line, yeah. they're starting at the 30 minimum. It's like. Oh, Crosby, come on, man. You can't just send it through. They they did have one where it worked out pretty well where they skied it and stopped him short. Oh, that was the last one. That's why it was the onside recovery. Yeah, yeah. You're you're absolutely right. It it can't it can't be much worse unless the penalties come back. That's that's about it. But honestly, if I will sacrifice a penalty or two a game if if they mm-hmm. will start at the twenty two yard line most of the time. We'll see. We'll, I'm so sick of just like 37 yard starting field position yeah yeah i mean they pretty much only gave up that one really big kick return there was a couple other you know decent ones too but you know if you would have told me that would have happened i'm like okay i will take that well, one it wasn't only play. that but it wasn't it right after a huge momentum swinging yes. score yes kyle it was yes it was unfortunately but okay moving on special teams don't matter sorry <laughs> it's, it's fine Pain. De- defensive coordinators okay all right mike Petton is gone a lot of talk. So two of, two of the big names. I'm kind of glad that as of this recording, we don't have a new DC yet, so I don't have to like pretend I know what the new DC is like. So that's, we, we just get to sit here and speculate. That's true, but maybe this will age poorly then. We, we have <laughs> that risk of looking, <laughs> looking stupid. But oh, So the two top names that kind of popped up at first were Wade Phillips and uh, Leonard for the Badgers. Jim Leonard. Oh, I would love that. I love Jim Leonard. He seems to be... Watching the Badgers' defense is so damn fun. Yes, yes, I know. They play the Illinois Fighting <laughs> Illini and the Indiana Hoosiers. That's what I was going to say. Because how do you feel about that? So L- Leonard... Leonard seems like too good of an option because he did learn under Mike Pettin. He played for Mike Pettin, which is funny yeah. to say. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's... He played for well, him. And, and, and I'm pretty sure his coordinators, maybe Pettin was one of them, kind of have spoken about Leonard yes. during his time that he was he, he was a coach on the field. Yes. Well, that's what players... Have said. I think Rivas said that Leonard was like a player on the field. A coach on the field. Coach, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> a player, player on the field. On the field. I, I hope so. Yeah, also true. But yeah, and he's been the defensive coordinator for the Badgers for what the last four or five years, yeah. and they they've been a top ten, top five and defense every year. And that's his alma mater as well. Yeah, and he's turned down like interviews with Alabama. Yeah, and, he, and that's what I was going to add is he he absolutely loves where he's at right now. He loves being a part of the Badgers program. Loves being their D coordinator. Probably like this is wildly speculating, but maybe like he's thinking about just waiting until Paul Christ hangs it up and becomes the head coach yeah. there. But yeah, like you said, he's turned down some huge interviews because he just loves being Wisconsin Badger so much. So, I mean, 
it would suck if he wasn't the Packers D coordinator next year, but it also wouldn't suck that bad because that <laughs> means he's still with the Badgers. So yeah, that I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It is weird, and I thought of that too. It would be funny if he came to the Packers, was our defensive coordinator for like three years, did really good. Something happens with Paul Chris, then he leaves and yeah, head that's coach of the actually Badgers. actually that's the perfect scenario. Now that I think about it, it's true. Um, a lot of people. What what were you thinking about Wade Phillips? Because it sounds like he's absolutely out now. Because why is that? Yeah, why is it an absolute like I. I like I remember when obviously when the news was like all right no more petting like Wade Phillips was like ooh because because he had that tweet about like I'm retiring from retirement yeah it's kind of funny and uh, yeah I just I, I haven't seen anything in terms of yeah I guess I mean I guess I haven't seen anything where the Packers are showing interest but I haven't seen anything where it's like the Packers are out I believe the Packers are out I believe Rob Domofsky reported that they have not reached out to him at this point and they've reached out to like well uh, these are well this isn't even the list of people that they've interviewed. But the guys who are still in are, uh, or who we've interviewed at least and are still in, Chris Kiffin, Cleveland defensive line coach, Ryan Neeson, whatever he's worked with, uh, New Orleans on their defensive line, Matt Burke, Philly, Jerry Gray, who we'll mm. talk about later too, Joe Barry, uh, defensive pass coordinator for the Rams, Chris Chris Harris, Washington DB's coach, and... Ijiro Evero, the Rams safeties coach. So kind of just a lot of guys, but most of them are on yeah, the younger gonna, side. I'm gonna I'm not even gonna pretend I know. Really, like really the only two names that I'm super familiar with are Jim Leonard and Wade Phillips. Yeah. And, and the, Wade Phillips has coached some really, really good defenses. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of people either love the idea of Wade Phillips or hate the idea of Wade Phillips. And I'd be completely hmm. fine with it. I think the ideal scenario, so these are the three scenarios I've kind of thought about. It's Leonard, okay, that's yep. home run, whatever. Mm-hmm. There was the Chris Richard. He he was a big. He was kind of the top candidate this weekend, and now he's out. He was. He used oh, to be he part just of, got hired, didn't he? Yeah, as a as a defensive back coach for, for the, the for the Saints. Saints, yep. And he he was a big part of the Seahawks defense back in the day. He was a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys after um, the last coach left, who was the ginger, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. After he left, they they got rid of the defensive <laughs> coordinator as well. So anyways, sorry, back back to where I was. Jim Leonard, number one. Number two, I, I feel like a good scenario would have so been... So for your personal, you, you're Jim Leonard's... My personal slash what I think the Packers could have done. Two, I could have thought maybe Wade Phillips comes on and he's an old-ass dude. Maybe he sticks around for like two years. But you move someone up like Mike Smith, not younger, but he's like in his 40s, mm. 50s, a very energetic outside, outside linebacker coach. Move him up to, you know, the associate head coach for the Green Bay Packers. Mike McCarthy did this back in the day with like, with uh, if it wasn't like Edgar Bennett, I believe yep. it was. So just kind of like an inner promotion too. So kind of like grooming him as the heir apparent. That or I could still see us going with Jerry Gray, the defensive backs mm. coach, the former defensive backs coach for the Vikings too. And he's uh, been a defensive coordinator. Yes, he does right? have experience as a defensive coordinator. I think that's the least sexy pick. Well, and that's what kind of worries me. Like, again, not going to pretend I know a ton about these dudes, but right. like, I just, like, if you're Jerry Gray, I guess I, I would, I what I would do, it will, like, if he does get hired, what I'm going to do is look up his previous defensive coordinator stints and just kind of see why he's no longer a d coordinator and like what what would the reason be for like because like he's a db coach now like why is he not in more defensive coordinator yes it's it's interview discussion it's tough to look at it but we have to look at it from this mindset when we hired mike Pettin, that was much more sexy 
pickup yeah, than I, Jerry Gray would I be I was right very now. excited about that. I remember. Yeah. And I mean, he was fine. And we've got, we've and, had a lot worse. And now that I think about it, worse. a Wade Phillips hire would probably be similar to like the reaction to Petten. True. But Pr- Petten, probably. I mean, or I mean, Wade Phillips, man, he, I mean, he coached, he was the DC for when the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He was the DC when the Denver went to the Super Bowl yep. and won the Super Bowl. Because of the defense. Peyton Manning yeah. was not. I mean, and, and that's what's a grain of salt with that Denver team because that Denver defense was, I mean, one of the best. Yeah. Of all time. I mean, we got a lot of people. They had so too. many. Ta- and yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Like that Denver team had so much talent. But then, yeah, it's like, holy shit, the and Packers defense does And that's too. one thing people have talked about Wade Phillips too. Well, two things. One, First year of his defense has always been phenomenal, always been really good. Hmm. And that's kind of like, well, one really good year of defense would be pretty good for this team. Two, especially, yeah. It's not so much scheme with him, but he plays to his players' strengths. Mm. And that is, I think, the opposite. I mean, we went, we talked forever about fucking Will Redden in this I episode. I think that is the opposite because Petten just seems like, all right, this is my scheme. Oh, Preston, hey, see ya. Go even cover even the- if you're a square peg, you're going to fit into this circular hole no matter what. This right. is my scheme. Yeah. So that's why I wouldn't mind Wade Phillips. I would think it's probably going to be, you know, if I had the fact that he's taking an interview makes me think it'll be Leonard. But other than that, man, I would love that so much. But the fact that Wade, like as it's as reported, I'm sure that Wade hasn't even been in contact with us. Yeah, that that's that can't be good. Yeah, and maybe they've had a conversation like, hey, wh- hey, I, I like you, but it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But either way, you you look at what the the Niners had. You know, uh, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, yep. now the head coach of the Jets. You look at the Rams, their defensive coordinator, uh, Stokely, I believe. Staley. Staley, yes, yeah, Staley, young guy. You know, new new ideas. And he's head coach of the Chargers now. No, no, I don't think he is. Is he? Oh yeah, he might have. Oh, but this is bad. Do I cut this? No, we keep. It. I don't. I don't know. But he. Either way, he's a young. Sure. He's a young defensive. Yeah, coordinator. Chargers new head coach is Rams D coordinator. Okay, it is. Yeah. Okay. I assume Matt's going to go the same way, where he's not going to find an you know an old an old head to come in and be the defensive coordinator. So right. it's, it's going to be Leonard or some other guy that we don't know too much of. Yeah, I'm just glad that Matt finally gets to get his guy. Yes, I'm I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. It's it's fun because we've talked about it too, how the offense evolves, and it's like every week, like Matt looks around the league, cool plays, and tries to like implement them in the offense and you know the motion and always evolving on offense and he never heard that type of thing from Petten. Petten pretty much every week was like yeah we're gonna we're gonna play it safe play pass put seven defensive backs on the field and you know hope for the best pretty much so it'll be it'll be nice to hopefully not have a passive defense but have one that actually game plans against an offense to attack because i've this this defense has never felt like an attacking. Yeah. And well, I guess be, the first half of 2019. And it'll be interesting to see how Leonard kind of if if he is hired, <laughs> yeah, say, how he yeah. how he adapts because at Wisconsin the dudes always got some of the best linebackers in the country. Yeah. Like Wisconsin just pumps out NFL quality linebackers, and you know as we know as Green Bay Packers fans. That's not a position that the Packers really invest a ton into. So yep. I don't know. Maybe that changes his philosophy or you know the effectiveness of his defense. But yeah, I'll, I would be super excited if Leonard was the hire. I'll be super pumped about that. I I would be too. It would be that once again that excitement kind of building again for mm-hmm. a coaching hire, which hasn't happened in a in a long time. But I guess moving right along. We'll talk about the offseason moves. Unfortunately, we do have to look at the roster. Be it this is going to be an insane, insane offseason because of the cap. Once again, refresher for everyone at home: the way the NFL works is you have a salary cap. You have to sign your players. Everyone has to be under 
you know, this past year it was $195 million was the salary cap. Next year, it's expected to go down for the first time pretty much ever to $175 million. I saw like 180. It Yeah, we don't know for sure. March 17th is when we'll get the drop dead date or drop dead price of what it's going to be. But we're going to have some I would like to interesting know moves. The, the deeper logistics of why they would decrease it like that. Because I just feel like that only really hurts the players and only helps okay. the billionaire owners, which I just, I don't know, like, well, yeah, do- no fans for a year really hurts the the uh, the income statements, I'm sure, but like, well, do you- I don't know, man, 15, 15 mil okay, so is this really is- going to... This is going to be the boring, what the most boring one minute of this podcast. Here we go. So the way the salary cap works is this: um, all the revenue that the NFL or singular teams generate throughout the year, all imagine that going into one big old pot. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the year, all that money is split in half, pretty much. It's either fifty-one, forty-nine, or fifty-fifty between the teams and the players. Okay. So that half that the NFL generated in, in money and profit, whatever. That gets divided up between 32 teams, and that is the number we get for a salary cap. So because of the loss of revenue without having fans, it's affecting the salary cap in this way where it's going down for the first time. So now, then where does that 49% that's to the players go? Wouldn't, that, mean, that's the salary cap. That is the salary cap. So every team has to pay, you know, if, it, if it's what it is expected, $175 million would be the salary cap. That much money has to go to every team, and that's how it's structured. That's... That's what the collective bargaining agreement essentially was. Now, the argument is, is yes, the Players Association would like to get together with the NFL and negotiate here. Maybe you take some money from next year where you assume it's going to go back up and bring it back just so that a lot of intermediate veterans who would get hurt, they wouldn't be able to get a decent contract. It's more well-rounded so you know teams can spend a little bit more. Hmm. Does that does that make sense? Because it could it could bounce back, and they're saying there is a new TV deal. If a new TV deal is expected, and say we we get a better idea of what that's going to be, and that is literally you know billions oh, of dollars, God. that would that would affect the salary cap massively as well. So if if they see that in the future, maybe they borrow fifteen million over the next four years and just put that into next year. So that's that's hmm. how it works. That's why the pandemic has affected the salary cap. But okay, was that fun, Kyle? You seem to have really yeah. Enjoyed I'm that. I'm yeah, still a little confused. I'll probably do some more independent research on the cap, but I just yeah, I I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, looking at so we got. A I lot mean, of- it's it's such it it's multi billion dollar league. Yeah, like I just don't know how an extra fifteen mil to each, like allocated to each, like if the owner wanted to dip into their own pocket like to i just i don't know i just don't know well no 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 just to meet the salary cap because you know you still have your cap i mean the thing with baseball it's like they literally don't have a cap like the owner can be like oh here's a 750 million dollar contract and well i'm i I, i'm not gonna i don't know how that works but i just i don't know that just seems like it it hurts the players more if the the cap is low like that, yeah. Well, does, it, it would. Just, well, I, I'll never agree with. We'll see. There's still time, but it's like you just can't make money out of nowhere either. It's true, but I mean, like that's what they're gonna being, being that, an owner of an NFL team is a literal bulletproof investment. Like you don't just. And now this is kind of philosophical, but like, okay, sure, 
technically the, an NFL team is an investment, but it's a bullet. Like it's never going to fail if you own an NFL team. So there, there might be like this past year was probably the first year in league history of the past, maybe 30, 40 years yep. where it's like teams were reporting, you know, in the, in the red or whatever. And I just like in one year, in your 60 years of ownership, like you can't just like fork over a little bit just seems gross to me. Well, where's that money going to come from for the Green Bay Packers? We don't have an or, you know, that that's sell some stock. <laughs> exactly. But that, that's what makes it complicated. And they'll obviously be negotiating it, but okay. Sorry, weird tangent. Weird tangent there. So we'll try to run through this as quick as possible. These are guys, so pretty over half the roster right now is kind of in question. So first off, unrestricted free agents. These are guys whose contracts are up and will not play for the Green Bay Packers next year unless they sign a brand new contract. Those players would be Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King, Montrevious Adams, Lane Taylor, and big dog Mercedes Lewis. So there are seven names on that list again. Big Dog, Lane Taylor, Montrevious Adams, Kevin King, Corey Lindsley, Jamal Williams, Aaron, Aaron Jones. Of those seven, how many do you think are back? Honestly, maybe like maybe like two. I think two of them. Aaron Jones. Maybe, and, yeah. Aaron I would Jones, think maybe two. Yeah, it's tough. I don't think he's going to Jamal Williams, there's a chance. Montrevious Adams, maybe maybe even Lane Taylor with what's going on. on I, I actually line, think I if, of all those... I actually might be the most confident in Lane Taylor coming back. The thing, because which we, is, I mean, what a what a well, what uh, a it, he's had such a strange wild career. ride, yeah. Because we would feel confident in him because we've seen him play, and he's you know he's pretty good for well at least the game he played in this year. But it's also Brian Gutenkunst who is in charge. And look at the end of our draft last year; it was a lot of interior linemen. Big so, beef. So we'll see. Um, but yeah. I, I think a lot of those guys, I mean, they're probably mostly going to be gone. On top of this, like we said with the salary cap, right now the Packers, for the guys who we have signed and, you know, a con- a contract for, so not including these guys, we're still $20 million over the cap for next year. So cuts need to be made. <sighs> guys who could possibly get cut, Preston Smith, Dean Lowry, Christian Kirksey, Rick Wagner, Adrian Amos, and Devin Funches. Once again, this is not about the quality of the player, be it, you know, Preston Smith isn't living up to the contract. Dean Lowry isn't. Christian Kirksey isn't either. Rest of the guys, maybe, probably, especially, well, Amos, absolutely. So Thank may, you. Maybe we see, I mean, I've said it all year. <laughs> may, maybe we see some type of restructure with Amos or an extension for Devontae Adams to try to f- free up some some money. But, man, we're it's going to be... I mean, you, Kyle, who, who would you cut from that list? Yeah, I think I think Preston's gone. I I really wouldn't mind seeing Dean go. He's just, I mean, he's kind of just turned into a guy, just like a. He did have a better like second half of the year though. We were seeing him at least, but yeah, you're right. I'd probably cut him too. Uh, Kirksey, sadly, Kirksey. Yeah, I mean, with Kamal and Barnes, it's like there's really no no need to pay him eight million dollars. Is it? Does it? I just had like a little tingle up my spine because I'm like ah. What are we gonna do in the draft? It sucks, but I'm like, <laughs> not what if yet. we got? A, what if we got not a fun yet. inside linebacker not and a yet, fun defensive Spencer. lineman? Okay, okay, still raw. We'll see in a month. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but moving on. So now restricted free agents. These are guys who you you always hear about getting a first, second round tender, tender or yeah. an original tender. Lancaster, Redmond, Sullivan, Tanyan, Boyle, and Raven Green. So we'll we'll have to monitor this going forward. I don't know how many of these guys are going to get tendered. Probably Sullivan, Tunyon, and I don't, Boyle's in a weird spot now, too. 
especially with the Jordan Love stuff. I yeah. wonder what's going to happen with him because he might come back just because Jordan Love probably won't be ready, but that is Goody's call. Plus, it sounds like he had a really good summer too, the past summer. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was like hype on Twitter because there was like a video of him throwing a football in mm. and people are like, oh my God, look <laughs> at how much he's improved. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to monitor that. Biggest thing is Tunyon. Other than that... Yeah, I think that's Tunyon, maybe Green, maybe Sullivan. Other than that, yeah, and then yeah, I guess yeah, Boyle kind of has turned into a, a big question. Yeah, we'll have to see. Pretty much any of those guys there that we want to keep on the team will keep on the team. They don't have much of a of a uh, of a right resistance. To. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same with exclusive rights free agents. This is Lazard, Malik Taylor, Randy Ramsey, Ento, the corner that we signed that was pretty good, and Josh Neiman. Nyman, yeah. Nyman, we'll have to see what happens there, but Lazard, th- these are not... That's non- a lock, yeah. Yeah, these are one-year deals, same with the restricted free agents, one-year deals, uh, non-negotiable, pretty much veteran minimum, which yeah, sucks for is, Alan Lazard. We were talking about this pre-recording, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of wild. Like It's basically like, here, sign this, or don't play NFL football. Yeah, it, yeah pretty much non-negotiable. <laughs> so, and it's, fe- Feeling yeah. pretty good, Lazard's going to be on the team <laughs> next year. Yeah, so we'll see about that, but yeah, it's... And there's a lot going on. We, we've already talked too much about it because we have no idea what's going to happen with the salary cap. We'll have a better idea come March. But, you know, kind of had a touch on it there. We've alluded to it a lot this year, too. Probably the end of Aaron Jones in Green Bay. but we'll just, Yeah, and we'll Goody in his conference is like, yeah, we'd love to have him back. That, to me, is just like, you know, kind of like a courtesy. Like, yeah, yeah you're a great football player. Love you. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to sign for like five and a half mil or... Yeah, and that's probably not going to happen. But unless something screwy happens with the uh, salary cap, but who knows? Hey, well, pain. one thing that people have talked about, you know who's who's a free agent this year too? Who? James White. Ooh. AJ Dillon, James White. That would be that would be a lot of fun. A little you know, thunder lightning there. I I would enjoy that. See, hey, there's a smile, Kyle. Oh, oh, look at that. First Kyle one in nine days. <laughs> yeah. Well, All right, uh, we're back, and you know it wouldn't be uh, Green Bay Packers conver- off-season conversation without addressing something about Aaron Rodgers yeah, let possibly me, being unhappy. Let me save you a click. He's happy, and he will be a Green Bay Packer next year. Eh, he's, See you next off-season. He's, he's happy enough, and he'll be a Green, pa- Green Bay Packer next year. I, I agree with you there. So, Well, okay, hold on. Let's back up. Okay. What do you mean happy enough? That implies that there is some unhappiness, which if you are to do that... You are going to be one of those douchebags Rogers that, mentioned where you're speaking for him. That's that's he's never said he was unhappy. And I guess he's never said he was super happy either. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's the thing. I've, but you can't say he isn't super happy because he's talked about how Jordan Love has changed the way he's looked at where he's valued within the organization. True. Be it it's I cannot believe and actually we'll we'll play a clip right here of Brian Gutenkunst uh year-end press conference from the other day. Given what you and Matt have said today about you see him here for a long time, do you still view Jordan as the next quarterback after Aaron whenever he does leave? I I view uh, Jordan as a very talented prospect that we're really excited about developing. And I know that um, maybe that's not the norm to have quarterbacks sit for for a long time, but we we certainly believe in that. Um, I go through my history here with the Green Bay Packers, whether it was, you know, Matt Hasselbeck, Aaron Brooks and the way we developed those guys and always feeling good about having a guy that if something happened to Brett back in those days or even when we had Matt Flynn with with uh, when Aaron was here that 
that if we needed to go to somebody else because of injury or, or, or anything else, that we were, we were able to do that. So we believe in that. This, this probably won't be the first time we draft a quarterback and, and try to develop them because we just think it's such an important part of the game. I think you look at the two teams that are playing for the championship this year and, and, the, and the four teams that were in the, in the final four, so to speak, and I think you can understand the importance of developing quarterbacks. So we're going to put a lot of stock into that. We're going to use resources to, to acquire and, uh, and develop uh, quarterbacks just because it's what we believe in. Uh, I'm really excited about the, the limited development that Jordan has been able to do in the, in the short period of time that we've had him. Uh, Matt kind of hit on it. You know, there were some challenges, I think, that – um, unforeseen challenges as far as offseason and no preseason games and things like that. So we're excited to kind of continue down that road and get him into some preseason games. And, um, you know, at the same time, while we're competing for championships with Aaron. So he said some other stuff in there, too. Um, he also go, said earlier that talked about the next runs we're going to go on with Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. So. It's been very odd to see how much a lot of the media has shifted their view of the Green Bay Packers, where legitimately it was like, why did you draft Jordan Love, who's to force Aaron Rodgers out of town, like there's no way this guy won't be starting, you know, in in two or three years, to what are you going to do with Jordan Love now, because Mm. Aaron Rodgers is going to be here until the end of his contract. Yeah. So it's been a very odd back and forth, and I, I love it. And this is one of the things that we talked about after the draft, at least what I, one of the things we talked about on the podcast is, and it goes along with the drama and everything else, if social media and just fans didn't exist, if there wasn't this culture around the NFL where we're always talking about every little thing, mm-hmm. we this would be completely fine. We talked about before how, like, back in the day, there was first-round draft picks when Bart Starr was on the team or, you know, like John Elway, they used a first-round pick. Or, you know, draft picks are used all the time even though you have a Hall of Fame quarterback on your team. And once again, Brian pretty much said it in this press conference too, in, in that clip, where he's not he's not talking about like grooming a starter. He never says Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback mm-hmm. for this team ever. He's just saying developing. He meant he doesn't he doesn't say Aaron Rodgers, you know, he doesn't he doesn't give that type of a simile or whatever. He says Aaron Brooks and Matt Hasselback. <laughs> you know, the People are viewing we're viewing Jordan Love as a Jimmy G because that's dramatic. Or, right. Sorry, as, as Aaron Rodgers because that's dramatic. That's you, you know, oh my God, it, it gets the clicks. The yeah, it gets the clicks when it's looking like he could be a Jimmy G for the New England Patriots. Where even if so, if Goon cuts, cuts bait and he trades Jordan Love like a year from now, he's gonna get shit for oh, that too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which is hilarious. You know, you see all this, and my God, we, we were avoiding it for much of the year where. It was like, oh, first-round receiver wouldn't have helped. But now it's popped up again like, oh, you could have really used someone on defense or at wide receiver there. It's like, no, everyone we had that played on Sunday performed well throughout the year, but mistakes were made. Yeah, You can't. You well, think a rookie isn't going to make a mistake? Yeah, and Nagler, I think, had a perfect retort to kind of that sort of uh, quip of, oh, the quarterback, you know, really, the, the third-string quarterback really helped is, well, was – was a wide receiver or a defensive player going to block JPP or Shaq yeah. Barrett on Sunday? Like it, that was the biggest thing. And and that's what's hilarious cuz now people have changed the narrative to her. Man, if you would have used that first round draft pick last year on the corner sure would have helped. It's like no one was fucking saying that that time <laughs> yeah. during the draft. So it's 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 just trying to find things to get pissed off about. Yeah, I just I spend literally zero zero seconds on 
on any sort of Aaron Rodgers content in the offseason. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, he's like doing a interview with Danica Patrick about meeting Dalai Lama, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I'll I'll scroll Twitter and if I see if I see like a tweet with a picture of Aaron Rodgers, I don't even read the tweet. I just keep scrolling. Like it's all such a a colossal waste of time to think that this organization yeah. is going to cut ties with an MVP like it's not even like there's going to be a time for some very difficult conversations regarding yes. Aaron Rodgers but like we're not even close to that point yet not yes. even close the dude is the MVP of the league they're they're going to not have him be the starter next year get out of here yeah it it's it's still hilarious to me because you look back and this is what I was kind of saying after the draft too once again it's everyone making everything so dramatic but look look at what Brian Gutenkunst was inheriting or at least going into that draft Aaron Rodgers is amazing he's, he was the MVP last year but the mm-hmm. two years before that he was slightly declining whatever yeah. you want to say he was he was Aaron Rodgers but he was slightly declining and, if and he, he was getting banged up quite a bit and getting banged up quite a bit and if, so if that if that would have continued or he gets hurt when he had gotten hurt multiple times this is most healthy he's <laughs> it's hilarious MVP season and the most healthy he's ever been the two things that Brian Gutenkunst was trying to protect the entire organization from was Aaron Rodgers getting hurt or a continued decline and if he had a continued decline guess who might be ready in three years <laughs> Jordan Love so he was protecting his ass and it was a very smart move and now people are going back saying oh well you know he was going to be the starter it's like no he could turn into a be a different draft pick now too yep. it's just it's so stupid and you look back to everyone assumes a first round draft pick is going to make an impact you look at dayton jones and mm-hmm. fucking guys like kenny clark didn't come on quick either yeah so it's just it's ridiculous it's just, just do yourself a favor just spend no time just just don't give these outlets the satisfaction of your eyeballs and your clicks just don't just don't engage yeah that's what keeps you know driving these talking points around rogers is the engagement it creates just just completely ignore it he will be a green bay packer next year and i am 99.97 percent confident he's going to be the starter the year after next as well barring something you know completely yeah barring a catastrophe or whatever but if he just plays even at an 80 percent level of what he played this year he will be the starter the next two years yeah just do it just don't waste your time interacting with that shit yep skip bayless colin coward nick wright all those fucking people just buy it, it that is entertainment do not look at that as information because yes. that shit is just bonkers and yes. stupid um but yeah that's that's it with that we will have our last is kyle an idiot for the season <sighs> pain i'm not an idiot okay you sure yes all right is kyle an idiot for the Final time this season, Kyle. You had a remarkable year. You were forty-one, twenty-five, and two. But I will give you one last question: <sighs> Who has more playoff wins for the Green Bay Packers? Oh my God! Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? <sighs> Rodgers as is that like like ten? I think somewhere around there. Favre. Favre's only been as a Green Bay Packer. As a Green Bay Packer, yes. Favre's only been to what two NFC championships? 
It's got to be. I'm going to go Rodgers. So, Aaron Rodgers is 11-9 and nine in the playoffs. 11 playoff wins. Brett Favre, 12-10. and 10. Damn! It's With two NFC Championship appearances? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, they've played just about the same amount of I mean, of time I guess Rodgers has... At this point. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> One, it's like, Rodgers is getting old, and it's like, man, I'm getting old. Yeah, it's and oh thing, my god, everything sucks, dude. It would have been funny. Everything yeah. sucks. Like, like we can't even get to the big game. Like, thank you for not saying the real name of it. Copyright infringement. Like Zach Cruz had such a perfect tweet that really, really just stabbed me right in the <laughs> stomach. It was like there is a special. I, I I'm paraphrasing, but it was like it's a special sort of suck. To just lose in the championship game because, like, you know, if you win your conference championship, like, you know, there's a there's a there's a ceremony, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a trophy presentation, and you know, there's celebration. And then you got the two weeks before the Super Bowl to kind of be excited, but to just like have these great seasons, have these incredible seasons, you know, go on these runs, make it one away from the Super Bowl, and then to just like lose, and then it's like that's it, like it's over in an instant. Yeah. It's it's a special, special level of torture and like. Well, we. I, I'm sure. Yeah, it would fucking hurt like hell to lose the Super Bowl. It definitely would. But well, we I don't just, know. I just we, yeah. We I just I don't we, think it would hurt as bad as like this because it's it, like, it, like Cruz. It's just a special level of suck where it's just you you get nothing. Like you 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 have so fun, so much fun throughout the year, but then it's just gone maybe this is a terrible analogy but it's almost like every time we lose one of these nfc championship games where what is it five five no every time you know it's the pain it's like every one of these it's getting one of your fingers chopped off and it's like we're down to a nub we're we're down to a nub and it's like we're going all along it's like man this really sucks but it it just keeps happening it's to the point where it happens so much and we know it sucks it's like just cut my fucking arm off, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, and maybe that's what going to the Super Bowl and losing that would be. But it's like we don't know what that <laughs> feeling no is like. Clue. So maybe it's better than this. And it's like, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people to where this year hurts way, way more than last year. Last year it was like, okay, the Niners. I mean, last year I was I was I was excited and confident going into the game, but I was way more nervous because it's like, okay, this Niners defense is really good. We're on the road, whatever. Yeah. But I was always secure because it's like, okay, we have the best player on the field, so yeah. I'm I'm always gonna be okay with that. But then it was like lost, got our asses kicked, and then it like you know the wo- the wound patched up in about two three days because it's like, yeah, fuck, it sucks. But we got dominated. Didn't really deserve to win that game. And the Niners, they were the better team. But this year, it's just like I still think the Packers are the better team. And like there was no excuses. It was in Lambeau. There were fans present. The defense played okay. Forced turnovers. Like there's just no excuses, and it's just pain. Yeah, it it sucks. It's up there. I would still say like the the two losses to the Cardinals. I felt like that was more of a gut punch for me. Man, but. I think a big part is because you were actually there. Yeah. You had yeah. to like leave the stadium and yeah. stuff like that. I, 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 I definitely you can't think, not think about it. I, I definitely think that's a big part of it because like, like, uh, like you know, that's so Raven. Oh, of like course. The, yeah. the, the visions. Like yep. I'll, I'll get that and I'll like <laughs> see all like, cause the Scotty Miller was right in front. Like, cause it was you, like watching something die right in front of you. Like, because I saw it before, like, 
I, I, I don't know why I didn't go in depth about this sooner, but like, well, you should you, say- you see Kevin King walking out towards Scotty Miller and he's three yards off the ball and you're thinking, what's going on here? You're looking at the scoreboard. There's six seconds left in the half, you know, back the fuck up. Anything can happen. And then it snaps the ball. You see Scotty Miller create separation. As soon as you see him get a half a yard past Kevin King, I just like, I wanted to throw up because you knew it was happening and it, it, it was like slow motion watching that ball go into his hands. Yeah. And well, I just want to die. Two two things to add on that. One, I don't think you've said it. You haven't even wa- you were at the game. You haven't watched any highlights. I never will. Yeah. I never will. Yeah, which is fine. I totally agree with that. If I were at the game, I would you know I would want to do the same thing. Second thing, there a lot of people have brought this up. It, that play was partly like the Jordy Nelson effect, where they're like, oh, this is a white guy. Mm. And I was like, oh, oh shit, he's actually fast. A lot of people have talked about that this week, too. But All right, yeah, well, Kyle, 0 for 1 is Kyle an idiot. You ended the season 40, 26, and 2. Pretty pretty damn good. You're not an idiot. Can I get my last stump spending question? It's, uh, well, the thing, well, I'll ask the, yeah, I'll ask the question first, and then it'll kind of just, you know, come together. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, (laughs) How... Did the Packers following season go the last time they hosted an NFC championship? Uh, well, that would be the first year with Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think we went eight and eight. We went uh, six and 10. Yeah, yeah, correct. And the reason I asked that is because the theme of this episode is. What? Pain. <laughs> okay. I was like. I was like rebirth. Wait, Kyle, that wasn't a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just like well, and that that's the other thing I wanted to mention too. Like last year, after the loss, it was like yeah, better team, blah blah blah. But it was like okay, still got Rogers in his prime. You know, didn't have to deal with that Jordan Love bullshit yet, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like okay, year two in the system, the offense showed flashes, the potential's there, and like you were so excited, but like. The past nine days have, like, for me, have just been so bleak on the Packers' <laughs> outlook. Like, it's just like, I mean, what is the, what? I don't mean to get all like existential crisis, but like, <laughs> what is the point of being a fan if I'm just gonna be severely depressed every January? What is the point? This is it's, it, it's so fun, Kyle, because it's like we're the same person, but you're just a few years behind me. <laughs> the lagging behind you, you'll slowly get numb to it and that's why i'm a little bit more ch- i'm obviously more chipper than you right now but it's you know it's, it's just like this was the year there was no excuses this year everything seemed to get well actually we, i didn't even know when we we're going to do this so we'll touch on it now everything the narratives we've mentioned it before another thing that kind of came on it's been so long since we've had an episode but the passing of Ted Thompson, that was another thing where I think everyone was like, oh, I think it was more of a social media thing than anything where it's like, win it for Ted. It's like, hey, I'm pretty sure the guys want to win the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, anyways. regardless. Yeah. But I think we have to mention it because Ted, Ted Thompson. I was ob- really, I was really, really torn up about that, actually. Yeah, I was. I didn't even realize what was. Go- you texted me about it and I didn't know what had happened. And then yeah. I was like, holy shit, because Ted Thompson. So sudden, I feel like. Well, not- I guess to the outside world, it was. Yeah, I, it's it's not too shocking. I mean, it's I get I would have gotten more in depth with it if we had an episode last week. But Ted Thompson is one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of the Green Bay Packers, where it's literally like with him being your GM, you had to do your own type of research because one, it was yeah. it was the draft stuff. And it's 
it's having your guys. People complain all the time about the free agency, you know, the lack of getting guys for the free agency. But one thing that's been so great about being a fan of the Green Bay Packers is that you watch these most of the roster grow, you know, throughout the whole time. Or because that's have their number one philosophy. That and the undrafted free agents like Tremont Williams and Sam Shields, and yep. I mean our Tunyon. boy, our boy Jared Boykin. Yeah. Oh Robert's my God. So many- Field Yates had a tweet about his moves, Ted Thompson's. Like last three moves in his last month as Packers GM, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, unbelievable. Resign Devontae Adams, yep. which he would go on to prove himself as the best wide receiver in the league. Yep. Resign Corey Lindsley, which he would go on to prove <laughs> he's the best center in the league. Yep. And then sign this little unknown tight end from Indiana State, who was a former quarterback, Robert Tunyon, all yep. in the last month. And and who was his last? Who was his last draft pick or first round draft pick, Kyle? His last first round draft pick, Kenny Clark. Probably, yeah, I was gonna it was, say it Kenny. was Kenny Clark. Wow. And so as much, the th- and two things to kind of wrap it up. Obviously, this is so dated at this point, but you do look at what Ted Thompson was, the guy. He's lit- he he lived for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I, I think most people saw the clip of Jason Wildey talking about That's it. That's what got to me the most is all these people talking about like he was never about himself, never had any sort of ego. It was always about the Green Bay Packers and setting the foundation for the future. The first, you know, his first draft pick was Aaron Rodgers I and mean, he knew the, the shit he skin, was going to take. The fucking balls to do that is and then just on, unbelievable. There were rumors, too, when Favre was really pushing for Randy Moss, that there was trade talks of Aaron Rodgers getting moved to Oakland. But that would, you know, obviously that never happened. But it was sticking with Rodgers again when most people would have just brought Favre back. And Rodgers has, yep. has said in the past, too, where if that happened, he probably would have moved on anyways. On top of that, you just look. The guy lived for the Green Bay Packers. Like we said, you know, obviously people were getting emotional last week too, but it's a, it's what happened. He he didn't have a family. Willie talked about that. He was single his entire life. Even when he got fired or, you know, left the organization, he didn't even leave the organization. He stayed on as a scout and he was still working for the Just Green Bay Packers after being let go as a GM. Addicted to the grind. Yeah. And it, it does sound, it was, you know, uh, some type of like, it was something with his head because even people were saying he was losing who Ted Thompson was these last few years mm. too. But at least Aaron Rodgers was in contact with him towards the end there too. But it's it's very sad. He was the only guy to get inducted into the Packers uh Hall of Fame last year, I believe. But very sad thing. The big the biggest thing with Ted Thompson, he was that's almost almost like the defense this year, but actually good. Because he he would the team was always good enough that we'd be in the playoffs and we always, always had a shot. Mm-hmm. And he would lead fans to complain about how good the team was just now. But he made sure that you'd be able to make that same complaint three years down the road. You know what I mean? So we always, <laughs> the complaint that, man, I just wish we were a little bit better, that we were all in right now and maybe, you know, hedge the future a little bit. He made sure that the team was always competitive. I mean, we made the playoffs eight years in a row. Yeah. Absolutely fucking crazy. You look, you look at, you know, the Bills and the Browns and imagine we could have been something like that if we didn't have Ted yeah. Thompson. Like the question I asked you, the 08, 6 and 10, that was the last that was the last time they didn't make the playoffs till like 2017. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Ted Thompson. And I mean, yeah, his last first round pick was Kenny Clark. And yet and that was what, 2016? He still has his fingerprints all over this roster it's, today. It's, um, it's amazing. I mean, you look you look at the core of the roster right now. Rodgers, Adams, Bakhtiari, who was a fourth-round pick. Lindsley. Uh, uh, not, not he drafted seven. Jones, too, didn't he? 
Who? Aaron Jones? Yeah. 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 He drafted Aaron Jones too. So it's just it it's amazing how people were still complaining about him too after yeah. after his passing. But with that. Yeah, R.I.P. Ted Thompson. Rest in peace, Ted Thompson, yes, but we'll move on now to something. Final outro. Yeah. <laughs> so Kyle, this is our final outro of the year. Well, of course, as yearly tradition, same as Lester. Kyle, what do you have any predictions for the Super Bowl? No. Good. Okay. I hope the Ooh. I had what are you, weird what were you theory. gonna say there? I had this weird theory that, that's gonna make no sense at all. It's gonna sound like a loser Homer fan, but I think and I hope that when the Chiefs kick the shit out of the Bucks, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna prove my thought that the Packers were the better team than the Bucks. That doesn't make much sense mm-hmm. logistically logically, but kinda does. <laughs> yeah. Yet if the but if the Bucks win somehow I, I still won't concede that the Bucs are the better team. Wow. So That's a really good I, thought. Kyle. I really <laughs> think the Packers are the better team and they should be playing and we should be God, we should be Oh, so excited right now talking about fucking a bold like Lazard's gonna score two touchdowns in the Super Bowl and oh I just wanna die. Yeah, that's that's fair. I kinda wanna die too, you know. I oh Tremont Williams getting a pick in the, yeah, whatever. Can't can't live in fairy tale land, so we will once again ground ourselves. No predictions, no preview. But hey, you know what? This is us reaching out to you guys, the fans. Thank you so much for uh, once again an incredible season. All the reviews, some interactions on Twitter. You know, you got some koozies, some of you yeah. too. But yeah, we just have to thank you guys. Well, I don't know if I should say. Well, this I will say this. So we've had downloads in every single state, but. Rhode Island. If oh, any, if man. anyone out there has a friend in Rhode Island, just be like, hey, can you download? Can you listen to one? Can you just hit play, pause, and then that's it, and delete it. If you can get us one listener <laughs> just, from Rhode Island, or like that'd if be great. you live, you know, in that sort of uh, northeastern area, maybe just take a little road trip <laughs> before you before you listen to this one. I wonder how that works. If if it's like the area code on your maybe phone, where you down, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. I but guess. Yeah, I guess we we'll just need an islander to to make us whole please <laughs> yes absolutely but once again if you want to leave a review that would be cool um just leave a review on the pod center or wherever you're listening uh to take a screenshot of it send it to us um on twitter and pmp pod or email it to us in pmp podcast at gmail.com yeah and shoot since it's the off season now i'm not sure when we'll have another episode if you guys have any Questions, comments, maybe something you'd want to hear differently with the podcast. Yeah. Maybe just want to. Yeah. I feel like maybe we haven't stressed that enough, but I'm always open for feedback and criticism and. Yes. And admiration even. Yeah. If if you're so inclined. Exactly. Our DMs are open. Uh, Once again, the email is pmppodcast at gmail.com. We're still giving away the Mercedes Lewis jersey. It kind of died. And then I don't want to like keep reposting it on Twitter. (laughs) But if once we get up to it. We're right there to the to when it'll initiate the giveaway so that's true so you know keep once we get to a thousand followers on twitter we'll give that away so maybe maybe look at that too but yeah once again thanks for listening all year if you can i don't know if just tell a buddy to listen to the podcast too we're hoping maybe this off season to get some interviews maybe a current player or someone Mm. we'll we'll see we've we've got some leads thanks to b2b data guy but we'll we'll see but yeah, wow. thank you. Thank you to the poor man's audience. Uh, it's fun as always. I, uh, if there's anyone to thank, it's my co-host here, Spencer. Wow. He is the brass and 
brains or how do you brass and bronze <laughs> nothing goes together together better than brass and brains <laughs> yeah. he is the the brains and the brawn is that what it is yeah that probably works of this whole operation i literally just show up and talk so if you're a fan of this podcast then you have spencer to thank wow and wow. um yeah it was a it's a fun year a very sad and heartbreaking and <laughs> painful and depressing and crushing and just overall sad way to go out. <laughs> Kyle, but, uh, well, okay, way to go out. This was a great year. This is still, it, it sucks, but this is one of the best yeah, years I've had I, being it's a Packer just, fan. The wound is still raw, but yeah, I'm going to look back on this in, in a few years. And yeah, we have, you know, we have Rogers MVP season to look back on. And, you know, they gave us a nice escape through this pandemic. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get to that point. But right now it's still, it's still raw. The, the wound is, is still gushing blood and, I'm just not there yet. Yeah, and I but mean, it was a fun year, and I'm I'm thankful to be a Green Bay Packers fan. Yes, if if nothing else, you always got to go back to that. It's getting a little tougher sometimes with these NFC Championship yeah. games. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. And Kyle, I'll bounce it back right back to you too. I thank you last year. Thank you again. This podcast would not happen if I didn't have someone to talk to, so I wouldn't sound <laughs> like a crazy person just yelling at my computer. I think you could do it like uh, like a Blue 58 format. Yeah. I mean, most podcasts are kind of like that, <laughs> but I'm just like, I would feel so. I got to bounce ideas <laughs> off people. But yeah. Wow. Kyle, that is it. <sighs> I'm Unfortunately. Sad. I'm so sad. I know. I actually don't have anything else to say. Kyle, do you have anything else to say? pain you know what that that perfectly it'll 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 subside i actually you know this this you know past (laughs) hour and a half was actually a little cathartic you know we had we shared some laughs we looked towards the future and we you know misery loves company Mm -hmm. we we were miserable at the game and you know yeah i think uh i think this this past 90 minutes did some good healing and uh um we're we're still sad. We're on to the draft. <laughs> no, no. Kyle, we're on to the yet. draft. We're on to free agency. We're on to a new defensive oh coordinator. Oh, my God. The draft industrial complex <sighs> makes me want to not be a football fan. I know. We just got to take a break for a little bit here. But now, Kyle, I really don't have anything else to say. Do you have anything else to say? I do not. Well, as is tradition, John Prine, please don't sue us. Go, Pack, go. Go, Pack, go.